Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Guys, Ralph Marlboro here. You know I take my flavored whiskey very seriously and would never steer you wrong. I want to tell you about Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey. Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is a strawberry-flavored whiskey blended with aged wheat whiskey, American light whiskey, fresh strawberries from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's 86 proof. Blended and bottled in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Porch Jam Distillery. Hardhide Strawberry Whiskey is not for the thin skinned. Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is supporting Saints Happy Hour all football season. So support the people who support the show. Grab a bottle of Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey today. You can pick up a bottle wherever fine spirits are sold in Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. To learn more and to find a location to get a bottle near you, go to hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. That's Hardhide Strawberry Whiskey. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's instant analysis, guys. Thanks for joining us. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, do the whole thing. Andrew, where do we start? I'm going to be completely honest with people. Andrew, if I had woke up this morning and you had said to me, Ralph, I saw into the future. The Bears are going to turn the ball over five times and miss a field goal. I would be homeless right now. I would have bet <laughs> everything I owned. I would have auctioned off organs. I would have sold my house. I would have bet every dollar I have. It would have been like the Saints are winning this game 40 to 10. Like, it's a lock. And they hung on for their life. They sat back and watched as the Bears self-destructed. Um, and I never was like super nervous. Cause I was like, there's no way a team that turns the ball over four times is going to win a football game. So I wasn't like panicked, but it was, I was very annoyed with the saints. Like they had the ball three times on the other side of the 50 up a touchdown. They just had needed to get like a couple first downs, kick a field goal, whatever, close the thing out. They couldn't, um, I was annoyed with that, but Andrew, the saints sit atop the trash pile of the NFC South. Cause Atlanta, they they full Falcon, the bucks did box type things and here we are five and four saints i don't know how we feel about their playing today but five and four is five and four all by themselves in first place yeah i mean what a crazy just like 10 minutes there um you know and i i know we were kind of a lot of the patrons we were all reliving it together in the in the chat while we were watching these games but you know i turned atlanta on first and so obviously the Saints get their win, and we, well, I'm sure we'll recap that all in, in grave detail in a minute here. But uh, <laughs> Saints get their win. I immediately go to Falcons. It's fourth and seven. Joshua Dobbs is the quarterback. He somehow escapes a couple sacks. It really, they really should have had him. And he scrambles. He ends up getting like 20, 25 yards on the scramble. The Vikings end up scoring with about 20 seconds left. They score a touchdown despite the fact that Josh Dobbs is in there, who, who literally the team signed this week. Uh, and, and the Falcons blow it. They botch it. 
and uh, and so they lose. And while that's happening, I'm in Discord and I'm seeing that the Bucks have scored a touchdown and vaulted ahead of the Texans, and the Texans have about 50 seconds left to go score. But they, yeah, their kicker's down. They don't need a field goal anyway, but their kicker's injured, so they, they got to go score a touchdown in 50 seconds with two timeouts. And what I saw is I obviously I immediately flip as soon as Atlanta lost, I flip to the Bucks game and man, CJ Stroud, that dude is special. Holy cow. I mean, the plays that he made in 50 seconds to get them down the field, tank Dell, the throws that were there, the catches, uh, and for them to score a touchdown with five seconds left in the game was just absolutely unbelievable. The Bucks lose too. And yeah, so look, we talk about this all the time. Just find a way to win. We're not going to care or talk about how pretty or ugly these games are five weeks from now. The only thing we're going to talk about is the standings. And look, it doesn't really matter how you get into the playoffs. I mean, we've seen the Saints be on the wrong end of some horrific playoff losses they didn't deserve. And maybe we're due for kind of <laughs> having no business being in the playoffs. And the and the script flipping flipping completely. Well, and I'll give the Saints credit for this, Andrew. You know, they didn't. I wouldn't say they played well today. I'm not going to pretend that way. But the thing that I'll say about the Saints today, they played clean. They didn't have turnovers. They didn't. You know, until Blake Ruby missed the hit the hit the post at the end, they didn't miss any field goals. But he did miss the field goal. They didn't have a ton of penalties. They played clean, and they just let the Bears become the Bears. And lose the football game. And, like, there's something to be said for that. You know, like, if the Saints had played sloppy and matched, you know, the Bears had four turnovers and the Saints had two and the Saints had eight penalties, like, the Saints could have lost this football game. But they played pretty clean and did just enough. Um, the thing that yeah, was frustrating. I, I mean, I, I think one thing I would contest a little bit is when you say the Saints just let the Bears self-destruct. I mean, the Saints had a lot to do with that. I mean... Yeah, At the end there, Demario Davis made an incredible play. And you know, Paulson Adebo multiple times in this game. Uh, Marcus, Marcus May made an unbelievable play. So, yeah. yes, yes, the Bears are terrible, and they, they, they certainly stepped on rakes. But give the defense credit. And, you know, I, I, I mean, they, they made plays. With the game on the line, they made plays. Now, this over could have been – Over and over and over and over This could have been way more comfortable – if the Saints were capable of finishing a game, this could have been a enjoyable, smooth, easy Sunday with me being a little bit richer because the Saints would have covered the nine and a half point spread. <laughs> but but it didn't play out that way. And 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 I will say this: these games, it's almost like the opponent doesn't matter. It, these games are starting to be mirror images of themselves, and the result at the end. It, it, from week to week is a little different, right? Some of them, they win, some of them, they lose, but the basic script that I'm seeing every week resembles itself. And that's the defense playing really bad in the first half. And, and it's too bad because if they could figure out how to like match what they do in the second half with the first half, like I don't think anyone would ever score on us. Right. But, but the bears scored three points in the second half. And, yeah. and once again, like the Saints started very slow defensively. They're struggling to stop the run. They're getting gashed with big plays. For a half, you had a rookie quarterback looking like he was a Hall of Famer. And then, and then yeah. it's halftime. They go in the locker room. They make some adjustments. The Bears couldn't do anything. And it seemed like every time they dropped back to pass, 
they, they were liable to have a turnover. So I, I, I just feel like the adjustments were there once again. And off- offensively, and, and this is where, where what it boils. I actually thought Derek Carr was pretty good in this game. Like you said, he was efficient. He took care of the football. He made some plays in the first half. But this offense cannot run the football. Unless they get weird with Taysom Hill, they are in – I mean, we watched Kamara, Jamal Williams. Like, they, they struggle to get two yards run on running plays, on, on basic running plays. They cannot do it. And so – this offense is always going to be up and down. You know, they have playmakers, they have receivers. So like cars going to get hot. They'll put a couple drives together, but when you can't run the football like this, they are drive killers. And what we saw again in this game is specifically when you're trying to ice it, when you're trying to kill the game, if you can't run the football, you're going to keep the other team in it. You're going to fail to finish things off. And we see it week after week. We see the kicker missing an important kick, you know, the, the, the inability to run the football and ice the game. And so this time they were lucky they won, but it's almost like the opponent doesn't matter. It's like the same story every week. The, the, the result just gets flipped every once in a while. Well, Dave? I, I, um, I look, I, I agree with Andrew. Like this should have been, I, I'm, I'm not going to, we're not, I'm not going to piss in everybody's Wheaties an hour after the game's over. Uh, we can enjoy this win. Uh, but I mean, I think what Andrew was saying is like, this really should have been with all the turnovers Four. we had four turnovers. We were plus four. Five, in the turnover five, 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 plus five. You, you've got to be, you, you've got to have 40 something points. This should have been a 40, <laughs> should have been 45 yeah, been. to 17. This should have been a blowout. It wasn't, uh, you know, the defense was obviously Paulson, Debo, Marcus May, all that. They were the ones that won this game. Uh, I do want to address one thing that Andrew said. Uh, Andrew said that, you know, they made adjustments at, at halftime in the locker room. I was driving home from the game with my son and listening to WWL and Dennis Allen was doing his post-game press conference live. Uh, and Dennis Allen went out of his way. And actually it was, you might want to clip this for the big show, Ralph, but honestly, it was the most lively I've ever even heard Dennis Allen mo- most, uh, you know, emphasis in his voice and he said the whole and the whole adjustment thing is bullshit he said he said we don't make (laughs) adjustments we go in the locker room we say play better coach better do better we don't make adjustments we're not making any changes we're not changing the game plan we had the game plan we're just saying do better you suck go out there and do better that's the adjustments they're making but part of so and so part of that my my, honestly and and i'm not word for word dennis allen but really that's the gist of what he said um uh and but I would that, that makes me wonder, like, are, do they just have crappy game plans? Is the Saints defense so good that they come out here with crappy game plans? And then, once, and then once they figure it out, the Saints defense is so good that, like, their their talent and their ability is able to overcome uh, the crappy game plan once they see what an offense is giving them. I, I don't know. I have no idea. It does I mean, boggle the mind. It does boggle I mean, the mind. It would be great if they could just come out and play in the first half the way they play in the second half. And part of it, I, I think they just got to get warmed up. Like, they got to see what they're it's getting what, I, what the teams are giving them they had no i i'm, I'm sure they had very little to what to expect from from bad bears, it was weird it was weird andrew because i was like when the bears won the toss and like we're taking the ball i was like oh that's interesting you might have something cooked up but dave i i have a theory on the saints defense and the trouble with it is 
is guys ralph malbro here you know i take my flavored whiskey very seriously and would never steer you wrong i want to tell you about hard hide ponchatoula strawberry whiskey hard hide ponchatoula strawberry whiskey is a strawberry flavored whiskey blended with aged wheat whiskey american light whiskey fresh strawberries from ponchatoula louisiana it's 86 proof blended and bottled in new orleans louisiana at the porch jam distillery hard hide strawberry whiskey is not for the thin skinned. Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is supporting Saints Happy Hour all football season. So support the people who support the show. Grab a bottle of Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey today. You can pick up a bottle wherever fine spirits are sold in Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. To learn more and to find a location to get a bottle near you, go to hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. That's Hard Hide strawberrywhiskey.com it's entirely based on the secondary being awesome because their pass rush they had some moments today but god it's non-existent and this is like three weeks in a row where like i mean tyler ben he was back there like looking left looking right winking at girls like I just don't know. Like, I think this is what the Saints defense is going to be. It's going to, they're going to have bumpy patches. They're not, they're, they're not going to be dominant start to finish because well, you can't they're... be a great, a great top five defense if you can't pat, rush I mean, the passer. Well, and where, where they're also sucking, and Dennis Allen said this also in the post game, is just rushing the quarterback. You know, this is now the second week in a row where they're, they're rushing the quarterback. He's escaping and he's able to get big chunks. Um, you know, Dennis Allen was saying, you know, we want to be able to rush the quarterback. We want to be able to push the quarterback and flow him toward an area where we're going to have another guy that can get him. And we're just not doing that. We're pushing him away and he's just got room to run and all that kind of stuff. So, um, well, I got, I got news for you. They play the Vikings. I just watched Josh Dobbs do that about 10 minutes ago. I just watched him be a problem. Car- carve the Falcons up like a Thanksgiving Turkey, like well, a hot knife through butter. So yeah. They better get that fixed because there's going to be more of it next week. And I can guarantee you the Vikings are going to be watching tape and they know their quarterback is a dude that's been with the team for a week and he doesn't know the playbook that well. So take off and run is, is going to be a play in the playbook. That That's, that's right, going to be right, the name right. of the play. It's not going to be Omaha. It's not, it's not going to be Ohio. It's not going to be blue 78. It's going to be Josh take off and run. That's going to be the name of the play. Okay. And he's going to do it because he's going to see what the game film is. And he, and he's going to be like, Andrew, yes, this play is going to work. Andrew, like, aren't we beyond the thing of like, get it fixed. Like we're on year, what yeah, seven no. of Dennis Allen defense, like running quarterbacks well, murder them. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, he's a guy that loves to play bump coverage and, and, and they play a lot of man, you know, they'll mix in some yeah. zone concepts, but like, yeah, when you play man and you trust your co- corners on an Island, um, you know, a lot of times their backs are to the quarterback and they, you know, if they're not playing zone, they can't step up when they see yeah. you know, the quarterback taking off. And, you know, I, I think what's exacerbating the problem right now is that Demario Davis isn't moving that well. So you used to have a guy and that was your middle linebacker that ran at, at incredible speed, sideline to sideline. And he was scary to take a hit from. So I think a lot of quarterbacks are like, yeah, not only can I not escape this guy, I really don't want to take a shot from him. But now, you know, these quarterbacks are able to evade him and beat him to the sideline. And they're like, ah, now that I'm at the sideline and he's still not here, I might, I might take more steps and see if I can cut up field. So, 
you know, I, I, I do think that's a factor that has kind of changed the calculus a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I, I, I do think the corners in this game got a lot more aggressive, but it was really frustrating to see simple passes today in the first half balls in the flat, uh, you know, le- leak outs from the tight end after, you know, the initial protection broke down and just a simple sidearm dump off. And those plays were going for seven, eight, nine, 14 yards a pop. And it's just like nobody in the vicinity. And it's just so, you know, I, I, Demario Davis was a big part of that. I, I just didn't think he was running well. Um, but you defensively, like they, they needed to be in, in these receivers' faces, doing bump coverage, making sure they crashed on these guys because – you know, that, that's what Chicago was taking all day. And it was really frustrating to see Chicago do that to great success and then feel like every time Derek Carr threw the ball in the flat, the running back was getting lit up after two yards. It's just, it, it, unbelievable. Yeah. So, Dave, Dennis Allen, he got he, – I, I had trouble getting on Twitter and Discord today because I was at the Dome. But I saw that people were, like, infuriated with him because they had a they had a uh, – uh, a fourth and two, or, or or a fourth, it was a third down, and yeah. uh, they missed it. It looked well. It looked like Olave actually had it on the third down. No, no, I'm talking about early in the game where oh, Dennis oh. Allen took the took the holding penalty and made it. Oh. He made it third and twelve instead of fourth and two, and people oh. were like, "Ah, oh, the Bears were taking putting the field goal kicker on the field. What are you doing?" But I kind of agree with the call. Like the Bears are two and six. Like. Are you sure they're kicking that field goal the way they're carving you up? Like, and stop them on third and 12, and he picked it up. So I didn't have a problem with that. The punt that he did from the Bears 40, it worked out for him. That made me madder. But people were kind of infuriated with Dennis. Uh, No, 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 no. The punt, I actually was mad about. So I'm actually going to flip the script there. On fourth and two, you decline decline a penalty. If he wants to go for it on fourth and two, go for it. Like, have at it. But I mean, I, that that's a tough decision, and I think a lot of coaches, especially early in the game, and, and it, we're not talking about the Rams here. We're not talking about you know Miami, some of these hotshot coaches. I, I bet he's kicking a field goal there. Um, the punt was the right call because at that point it's seventeen seventeen. You're in a tied football game, and the last thing I want is you giving the Bears field position at the forty when. You know, this rookie quarterback's been playing pretty well on you. Like, and I, and I know the defense wasn't playing that well, but make them go 90 yards on you. And, and so to me, that was the right call. And they end up stopping him three and out. They end up getting great field position on the other side of that. And then they get a touchdown out of it. So it, it ended up being the right decision. But yeah, look, I, I think we've seen enough of these games that we know who the Saints are. That they're a good, they're a very good defense that can be hit or miss because of their struggles with pass rush. Right, they struggle against quarterbacks that like to run because sometimes they don't keep their their assignments, they don't keep your containment or whatever. On the other side of the football, they're kind of hit or miss. They have a quarterback that can make big plays. They have perimeter players that can make big plays, but the offensive line is very mediocre. And they cannot run the football consistently, and so for that, it's got for them. It's this card trick, smoke and mirrors, Taysom Hill thing. That's how they run the football, right? And Dang. and it's and it's difficult because Taysom Hill has to be the guy, and so that takes away the threat of passing for the most part because Derek Carr is not the one taking that snap. So look, this is who they are. 
Okay. And before you lament, like, well, we're not winning a Super Bowl. Obviously, they're not winning a Super Bowl. We all know that. But they're five and four. They're in first place in the NFC South. And unbelievably, this flawed football team has a chance to go to the playoffs because everyone else in this division is flawed. And I just watched the Bucks and Falcons absolutely gag up games that 100% should have been theirs. And that's our competition, folks. So, hey, let's go win this division, man. They can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, I want to give Pete Carmichael a little bit of credit. I thought the play, the, the little the little bubble screen to Kendra Miller was fun. And I got to say, like, you know the Saints have been holding that Taysom pass down at the goal line in their pocket. You know he's been holding it, holding it, holding it. And he broke it out when he was 17-17. Like, I give him credit, man. Like, Pete, he did okay today, I thought. I, I, you know, I've always felt this way. I think more of the issue is, is always players on the field. They're the ones that have to go out there and make the plays. You know, uh, Pete can only put them in position to, to be successful. And after that, it's on them. Um, so, I mean, I haven't, I've been less hard on Pete Carmichael, I think, than you guys and most Saints fans. But um, look, the offense is, this is now what, two games in a row? They've scored. Uh, more than 20 points, you know, we're trending in the right direction here. Um, like better, Andrew, it's been much better in the red zone the last couple of weeks. Much better in the much, red much zone. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got a decent cupcake schedule coming up here. Uh, like we've, we've, we, we got real lucky this weekend with uh, uh, Houston pulling that win out over Tampa Bay and the Falcons pissing away uh, a win, like Andrew said. So, um, you know, we're, <laughs> this this mediocre this mediocre Saints team is in the driver's seat. Is Where, I guess how I'm gonna say. But, you know, look, look. <laughs> there, there, there. There's a lot of fans out there that want Sean Payton to have stayed as our head coach. They want McDaniel to be our offensive coordinator. They want us winning 45 nothing every week. They want the DA can stay, but he's relegated to defensive coordinator. We got to go 17 and 0, win 45 nothing every week, and, and unless that's happening, they're not happy. Uh, but guess what? This team is flawed, like a lot of teams in the league, right? And so, yeah, they're probably not winning a Super Bowl. But again, I go back to like, hey, can they be in the mix to make the playoffs? And I go back to what I said at the very beginning of the show. When you get into the playoffs, weird things happen. No one knows that better than us, okay? That's right. So, so maybe we get an interesting matchup, a little bit of shenanigans, Maybe weird things break our way this time, and maybe we win a couple games. So, you know, look, I, 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 this team isn't destined for greatness, but I, th th this season so far has been absolutely ridiculous. The NFC <laughs> South is, is ridiculous, and I'm choosing to embrace all of it. So my final question I want you to answer. So we're, we're nine weeks in. The Saints are five and four. They're game clear in the division, like on the scale of like, Zero to 10, 10 being ideal happiness and zero being fire everybody. I'm going to march on airline and occupy it. Uh, Dave, where are you on the happiness meter nine weeks into the season for the Saints? Sorry, I had my thing on mute. Um, you know, I, I think my happiness is going to be directly correlated to you know, how the Saints are doing, obviously, and what their record is. And right now, I think they are a slightly above average football team. Uh, so uh, I'm at a six. 
uh, you can go last, Andrew. I'm at a nine and a half. Oh my God, uh, that's this ridiculous. Division, that's ridiculous. <laughs> this is this division is as bad as we dreamed it would be. They're a game clear. The Falcons are borderline disarray. They changed quarterback, and Tampa's in disarray. Nine and a half. This is happening. Would I like to be a game better? (laughs) That's right. So I'm just telling you, nine and a half. The the NFC South Uh, being terrible makes it more fun. I'm at a nine and a half, Andrew. Where are you in your happiness meter? So I think at the end of the Saints game, let's be honest, this wasn't a feel-good game. You you walk out of that game and you're like, man, they should have boat raced that team. How was it so close? That was an uncomfortable win. It wasn't it wasn't the most exciting win. It was kind of one of those like, thank God they didn't blow that, you know. And and and, and like, man, man, my team won. They're five and four, but I don't think they're very good. Like that's that was the whole temperature of the room, okay. And then I see Atlanta blow it. So after the Saints win, I was probably at a six where Dave was, and then I saw Atlanta blow it, and that put me at a seven. And then I saw Tampa blow it, and that put me at a nine and a half. So. I, 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 I think I think all of this in context, it, it's just one of those things where, like, this is their competition. This is the pool that they're playing in. And, you know, I mean, sometimes you just like, I, I, I'm glad we're not in a situation like in the nineties where we're in the NFC West, the 49ers and they're 14 and two and, and five and four feels absolutely hopeless. You know, it's, it's already over. You could shut it down. Like we have no I mean, shot at the division. The, the 49ers will never lose four games. Right. I mean, you remember what that was like, Ralph. And it's like, you, you yeah. lose your, you lose your fourth game. And like week eight, and you're like, well, season's over because you're in the division with the 49ers. You got no shot. And there's a lot of divisions in the league that are like that right now, where you just did the, the top two teams are so dominant that you lose a couple games early and you're in a hole you might not climb out of. So the fact that the Saints have bought themselves time with these wins, these cheap wins, to try to figure this out, it just means that I get to enjoy my Sundays more. And, and I let me reiterate once again. This, this schedule, it's a layup line. Now, maybe that doesn't really matter because, like I said, regardless of the opponent, it's the same game every week. But <laughs> it really is. I, I, I will accept a bullshit division. I will accept a bullshit schedule because you know what? This Saints team is bullshit. And so we need every break we can get. That's right. So, guys, uh, I thanks don't, for joining uh, us. I don't, I don't, but, but before we go, I don't necessarily agree that every opponent, doesn't matter who the opponent is. I think if the Saints have to play a good team, uh, it's not even going to be close. I think that that's we, not happening until January. Well, I, I, I understand that. You, that's what you say. It's a January problem. And I, that's fair. You know, I know you guys are excited about being in the NFC South, being the big fish in the little pond, you know, coming from a small town. But there's there's a whole world out there outside of our small town. There's a whole there's big cities out there. And at some point, we're going to have to leave our small town, a.k.a. the NFC South, and head on out to those big cities and play some big boy teams. So, you know, and you, you know, can, talk and you to know you can enjoy it now. That's fine. I get it. I'm not trying and to. And you know down, what? When, when we do, we'll probably I will predict the week leading up to the game that the Saints lose by three to four touchdowns. And I, I will probably be correct. And I will take that medicine gladly and revel in the fact that we won a dog shit division and it made for a fun season.
That's right. So, guys, thanks for joining us. If you like the show, support the show. Uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Go to saintshappyhour.com. Become a patron. Support the show so we can keep doing this. It's amazing. Thanks for Thomas for running the show back in Poland. And we will see you Tuesday night on the live stream. First place, baby. Suck it, Atlanta. Suck it long. Suck it hard. This feels so good.